Down to the wire, the breaking news on the Big Ten's punishment of Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. Before a separation Saturday in college. And Niners, Jaguars, Ravens, Browns. Week 10 in the NFL as well. Let's go. News of the day, and it is big. From the Big Ten will prohibit Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh from being on the sidelines for the rest of the regular season. Sources tell ESPN's Pete Thame. Harbaugh will be allowed to coach during the week, those sources said. So, suspended for the rest of the regular season for games, allowed to coach during the week. The discipline is tied to the in-person scouting and ongoing Sign stealing investigations surrounding the school, the conference in their investigation making rulings based on sportsmanship. NCA investigation into the sign stealing continues. All this news coming out Friday, while Saturday, one of the biggest games on the schedule, Michigan versus Penn State, with huge and large ramifications in the conference seedings, and of course. The team finding out the news of the suspension of the coach today while they were flying to Penn State, wearing shirts that said Michigan versus everybody. This has turned into a drama on top of a soap opera, on top of so many things. Courtney Cronin, how does it all land for you? Just like the first suspension that Jim Harbaugh had, the first three games of the season, obviously these opponents coming up with Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State are a little different than him not being there on the sidelines for East Carolina, UNLV, yeah. and Bowling Green. But I think that Tony Petini, Petiti came down with this ruling based on the pressure he was feeling from other coaches in the Big Ten, other administrators wanting to use that sportsmanship guys to hand down a punishment but not do something that was so aggressive that Michigan in the middle of the season would be filing a lawsuit against the Big mm -hmm. Ten. It's already a really bad look uh, where the conference is right now eight months into Tony, Tony Petiti's uh, reign as Big Ten commissioner. He's got to rein this thing in. I think he felt pressure to act before the NCAA's investigation was up, and you're going to get a lot of people complaining that due process was not achieved here. We got a lot of experts on that all of a sudden within the last three weeks since this investigation was first opened up. But with 18 schools, with, this, with the conference expanding to 18 schools next year, Tony Petiti's really got to pull the reins in on all of this backbiting that's been going on between institutions before it expands to a conference over four times. So you're okay with a conference making a ruling here and not the greater governing body of the NCAA. David Dennis Jr., I'll ask you that exact question now. Now, this feels like an exercise in doing things in the least effective way possible down to the fact that they dropped this ruling late and the team is in the air getting yeah. the news via Twitter. Like, that's just not how you do something like this. As uh, Courtney mentioned, this is about pressure from the other schools and the other coaches and maybe even feeling that you need to punish Harbaugh before he goes off to the NFL. But either case, 
This sets a bad precedent. Like we can look at what Harbaugh did and see the evidence on social media and say, yeah, this guy was doing something wrong with the sign stealing. But there's going to come a case down the line where things are a lot more murky, where there's a lot less evidence and you cannot move past the NCAA's investigation and have a suspension of your own without getting through all of the investigator that you need. This is just a bad precedent and it's a, you know, just a least effective way to find out what's wrong and what's right and act on it. It was the day from the Big Ten. Frank Isola on Michigan having Coach Jim Hart suspended for the next three games, yeah. but he can coach during the week, but not during the weekend on the sidelines. Yeah, I, like a lot of people, we roll our eyes at the self-importance and the arrogance of Michigan football. But I have nothing against the program. I like the head coach. I think the commissioner of the Big Ten is well within his right to do what he did. And let's be fair here. I think for Michigan and for Jim Harbaugh, it works out. Really, you want to be with the team during the week. And Courtney mentioned it. A lot of these athletic directors, they felt, they felt the punishment should be he cannot coach the team during the week, much less on game day. So I think all in all for Michigan, I don't think it's the worst thing. If he's going to be there for a possible Big Ten championship game and maybe they make the college football playoff, I think it, in the end it works out for Jim Harbaugh Michigan. And Lindsay Theory. It's definitely not the worst thing for Michigan, but what a circus for the conference. They say the investigation's ongoing, so is this a fitting punishment? Is it not a fitting, fitting punishment? That is the biggest question I have about everything that's going on. I think this is a premature decision on their part. No matter if it feels like a light punishment, to Courtney's point, it is most important for that coach to be there Monday through Friday, Saturday. He can hand over the reins. They can prepare for that all week. So what does this really change for Michigan not a whole lot other than okay. their head guy's not on the sidelines. So that's where I stand on this. And they just should wait for the entire investigation to play out. It's silly to give a half punishment or maybe a full punishment for nothing uh, at the midway point of anything. Courtney Cronin, back in. Remember, the NCAA's investigation has yet to conclude, although they've been operating by their standards at warp speed. I used to intern at the NCAA, and they did not move this fast. Is that right? Any of the investigations How did we not know that? that? At- Inside information. Okay. The more you know. Yeah. Um, they, they don't operate this quickly, so very clearly they felt the pressure to feed this information, share this information with the Big Ten, which feels like even they were trying to steer Tony Petiti in the direction of coming down with some sort of ruling. This kind of feels like the happy medium where Petiti doesn't want to overstep but felt compelled to do something in this Frank this is not the greatest whodunit mystery of all time. Investigation. Give me a break. The guy was caught red-handed. <laughs> I love yeah, athletic directors uh, want yeah, the guy yeah. suspended. <laughs> I think if you're, I think if you're Michigan, first of all, the Big Ten is protecting itself right here. Everyone wanted them to do something. They did it. If he wants to play out legally, go right ahead. The NCAA wants to do their thing. Go right ahead. We made a decision. Not everyone's going to be happy, but we did. David Dennis Jr. I, I just don't get this this process where everybody's happy and people feel bad. Either you did something wrong and you're mm-hmm. putting out a punishment or you didn't and you are not guilty. It's like You can't get in the middle of that. We'll let that be the last word on it. Big weekend in college football. Now let's talk about the game. Because, yes, Michigan at Penn State. That's number three at number 10. Enormous game in conference and in the playoff rankings. Number 18, Utah. Number five, Washington. Huge game with Washington currently on the outside of that top four you want to be in for the playoff rankings. And Ole Miss at Georgia, number nine at number two. Just an update in that game. Brock Bowers may be tracking towards playing after his surgery a few weeks ago. So something to keep an eye on game time there. But 
David, will the college football playoff picture become clearer after this weekend? And what do you think looms largest? I think the, the picture will be pretty much the same. I think the top four teams, I, I think they'll probably win this week. I know it's tough for, for uh, Washington on the outside looking in, but I, I tend to believe that, you know, if teams win, then they should stay where they are in, in the rankings. But what I'm looking forward to is I'm looking at Georgia. I'm interested in how Georgia's going to look. They've, you know, have easy had an easy record so far. They've had some shaky games against South Carolina um, and Auburn that were pretty close, a little close last week also. I'm looking at, uh, obviously, Kirby Smart and Lane Kiffin. Kirby Smart, 11 straight uh, games versus ranked uh, teams that he's won. Uh, Lane Kiffin, 1-10 against top five ranked teams. I think Georgia's going to win, but this needs to be sort of the dominant kind of national championship kind of type win that we haven't really seen from them against a great team yet. You're thinking win for Georgia. You want to see dominance. You think that could make the picture a little bit clearer when we think about the playoff ranking. Frank Isola going into the separation Saturday. What are you tracking? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we need a little regional balance. It's, you know, we're all going to try to get Washington in their great uniforms into the top four. And we keep talking about Michigan. This could be, let's throw everything into chaos this weekend. If you can get Penn State, and by the way, James Franklin, 3-16 and 16 against Woo! top 10 teams. So Woo! this could be a defining moment for Penn State this weekend. So I think the NCAA, maybe even the Big Ten to a certain degree, is thinking Penn State, take care of business. Oh, wait, you said you were now. saying that as a good thing. That he, he struggled so yeah. much against top teams that that, that might motivate one of them. <laughs> I thought you were going the other way, that like they never beat a top five team. Uh, they got no shot. Okay, Lindsay Theory, that the game that looms largest this weekend. Let me shout it from the mountaintops here on the West Coast. It has to be the Huskies versus Utah. What can Washington do at this point to prove that they deserve to be in the college football playoff? They beat Oregon. They took down USC. And now they have the chance to beat Utah, who has the best defense in the Pac-12. They have Michael Penix Jr., who threw for 256 yards last week. Their running back went for 256 yards on the ground at this point, what can they do? They need someone above them to lose. That's probably not going to happen. So the eyeball test will leave it to the committee. But I don't feel good for Washington, even if they do. Mm. I want to get back to that. But first, Courtney Cronin now on the game that looms largest for you. What Washington can do is stay undefeated. They're one of seven remaining undefeateds here, along with Georgia. And for me, it's Ole Miss Georgia because the Rebels have their take-us-seriously game that they can put out for the mm -hmm. CFP committee. If they go into Athens the way that they did it in Tuscaloosa earlier this year, and if they pull off a win against a team that has not lost a game in three seasons, then they absolutely cement their case for the CFP. They're off to one of their best starts in school history. Best start since the guy whose name's on the stadium played back mm. in the 1960s. Okay. Looking at another 10 wins. Who you got in that game, Cody Cronin, since you're walking us down the aisle here? Let's, let's, who do you got? Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and go with the Rebels. Wow, so you're picking an upset. Okay. Real quick, the idea that Washington, even with they win, another win against a ranked team, they wouldn't vault into the top four, Frank. How do you see that? I don't think that's gonna happen. I think Washington needs to root for Miami this weekend against Florida State. That's David what David Dennis Jr. I, I agree. Like I said, if you're in the top four and you keep winning, you stay there. All right. Here's our top four, though. You didn't really have to work too far to get to the top four, huh? Theory, 15. Cronin, 11. David Dennis, Jr., 10. Frank Geisola, 8. By herself. I'm in the top four. That's all that matters. Around the Horn is presented by Crown Royal. Live generously, and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly. And in part by Freestyle Libre. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. I'm looking for a takeaway from last night's football game, and the takeaway can't be, take me away from this game. (laughs) Bears 16, Panthers 13 for Carolina. Adam Thielen called it an embarrassing effort. For the Bears, Deontay Foreman said, not pretty, but still feels amazing. I know all eyes were on Bryce Young. A primetime game. Courtney Cronin, you were there, and you cover the Bears, so you can start with Chicago. What's the takeaway? Bajan beating Young. I'm buying that there really wasn't much difference between the number one overall pick in the draft and a Division II undrafted free agent quarterback in Tyson Bajan, who gets credited with this win. Look, the Panthers are in a free fall right now. They're questioning whether they have the right coach in Frank Reich, whether they made the right decision going with Bryce Young at quarterback. He may develop into a star, but right now we don't know that. We expected him to be further along. And honestly, I'm questioning what the heck this Panthers offense is. That six-minute drive at the end of the game that ended with a 59-yard field goal attempt that was missed I don't know what I watched. You right, stole my point right. at the beginning. I wish I didn't have to make a take. Okay, oh, but please, come on. One thing, though, on Bryce Young, having seen it in person, how much do you think is the weapons around him, the pieces around him, and how much do you think is, is Bryce Young acclimatizing to the NFL? They need to protect him better. He's been pressured a lot this season, and he's averaging 2.7 yards per attempt when pressured. That's the lowest in the NFL. They've got to upgrade the offensive line, and they don't have much offense outside Adam Thielen. That's a problem. Lindsay Theory, I'll turn to you a takeaway from last night's game. My takeaway is that I cannot pin this on Bryce Young. Look, the team traded up to take him number one. Sure, there are questions about him, but you can't solve a question about a number one pick at quarterback, a young guy, when he's not surrounded by anything that's proven to be great. Frank Reich came to the Panthers after he was fired at the Colts. Thomas Brown is a first-year offensive coordinator, and it is going to take him a minute to learn how to do that job. So to put a rookie quarterback in that situation, expect him to be great, is just asking far too much you at say this point. Patience. He needs to be given the benefit of the okay, doubt. Okay, but the NFL is... The young and the restless right now. Frank Isola, I turn to you. 
Yeah, I'm not going to give up on him after nine games, but, you know, it's not as if he's going to grow. He is undersized, which is an issue. And after what you've seen thus far, he doesn't look good. And the problem with these NFL quarterbacks, it's never one size fits all. Aaron Rodgers had the opportunity to come in and be a, back, be a backup for a couple of years. Here you're getting number one overall pick, stepping right in. He's just not ready for it. They better hope that next year he is because they're going to have to make a decision pretty quickly. Is it fair to have comparisons, Frank, in your estimation with another rookie quarterback who was drafted too big behind him and C.J. Stroud seeing what he's doing with, again, not a lot of pieces around him, theoretically. That's right. No, you're 100% right, and that's why I think the Carolina organization, their fans have to be thinking, did we make the right call? Again, only nine games, but you have to be thinking David that Dennis way right Jr. now. Yeah, if ever there was one loss that, count, that felt like it count for more than the loss, not just the loss of, you know, my time having to watch that game. It's the pair the Panthers are having to lose this game on the same week that everybody was talking about C.J. Stroud, maybe having the best rookie year ever, maybe even being uh, the M- uh, MVP this season. And you go out there with your quarterback giving the fewest yards, fewest first downs, getting sacked three times by a Bears team that only had 10 sacks all season. And then to make it worse is that now you have gifted that Bears team pretty much the number one pick that you have That's gave the away other part to about get it. that quarterback. Yes. This is yes. multiple losses in one game. It is. When you think of it like that, because the Bears possess Carolina's pick, now they could pick number one and maybe later on. And, of course, Stroud went number two. He went number two when Houston lost the last game, uh, uh, won the last game of the season in Chicago. Uh, there's a lot of movement that could happen, though, in the next Eight games. We'll move on. Niners at Jaguars. It's been through a bye week, but San Francisco hasn't won in a month. A three-game losing streak. Jags on a five-game winning streak. Lindsay, is Sunday a must-win for San Francisco, considering that? I'm going to fall short of saying it is a must-win, but maybe a need-to-win for the San Francisco 49ers. Look to recent history. The Los Angeles Rams in 2021 lost three straight games, still went on to win the Super Bowl. So this is not panic territory, but they do need to get this thing right. Obviously, they made some change going into Sunday's game. Steve Wilkes will be the defensive coordinator from the field instead of the booth. They added Chase Young. But really, this is about a team of all-stars who need to really start playing solid complementary football on offense and defense. They need to wrap up and tackle, which seems pretty basic and pretty pretty doable for the San Francisco must win for San Francisco. It's about as close as you can get because it's a test for the playoffs and it'll tell you what type of team this 49ers team can be in the postseason. And Lindsay mentioned some of the changes that this team has tried to implement during its bye week in this run game finally reach its ceiling. We know that they're going to get Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams back and healthy. And what about... Uh, you know, the, the X factor in all of this, Brock Purdy, somebody who has six turnovers in the last three losses. Can he balance that that line between being aggressive, assertive, but also being smart and taking the check down when it's there? Must win for San Francisco, David Dennis Jr.? No, it's not quite a must win, mostly because of what that division is. They're tied at the top with Seattle. I think they're better than that Seattle team. They play them twice more in the season. They, you know, have to play that pretty weak division the rest of the season. I think that they'll be fine at least winning that division. What I'm looking forward to is the return of Debo Samuel and how that helps that offense. Brock Purdy, four touchdowns, zero interceptions with uh, Samuel there, zero uh, touchdowns, four interceptions without him. I think Debo will make a huge difference. Frank Isola. Yeah, this was a must-win for me. It's my first show with Lindsay. It looks like it's not going to happen. But for the 49ers, <laughs> do they want to they win the division? I mean, I'm sorry. Do they want to finish with the best record in the conference? Then it's a must-win. But everyone's mentioned it. Brock Purdy, that's the biggest thing. The last three games, three touchdowns, 
Five interceptions. He needs those weapons back because he has not looked good. When he has the weapons around him, much different. Make story. a pick, Frank. Who you got in this one? Jacksonville. David Dennis Jr. San Francisco. Courtney Cronin. San Francisco. Lindsey Theory. 49ers. All right, Lindsey, let's say something nice as we say goodbye to Frank here. Your husband's favorite fill-in host of PTI and second favorite panelist on Around the Horn is... Villain, Frank? Yeah, all right, Frankie. Thank you. One person likes me. How about that? I'll live with that. One person. Thank you, David. I'll take it. And he's a Lindsay cool guy. Theory, Courtney Cronin. Go down next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Around the Horn is presented by Crown Royal. Live generously and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly. Lindsay Theory, Cordy Cronin, good luck in showdown. AFC North, best division of football. Four playoff teams right now. And Sunday, Browns at Ravens. Last month, Baltimore dominated. Watson didn't play in that one. Which unit would you rather have Sunday, Lindsay? Baltimore's offense or Cleveland's defense or maybe Baltimore's defense? Baltimore's offense, they ran up 28 on this Browns defense in week four. They've scored 30-plus in three straight games. Lamar Jackson's on a roll. Tony Cronin. Give me Baltimore's defense. League-high 35 sacks, and they're going against a Browns offense that's down its top three offensive tackles. Ooh. Both of you have Baltimore in this game, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Split the point. Baltimore for me. We'll move on. Giannis, 54-12. In his comeback from the ejection a few nights ago, but his Bucks lost to the Pacers, who score about 125 every night. Caitlin Clark, 44-8-6 in Iowa's win over number eight Virginia Tech. What was the better ball night? Courtney Cronin. I'll say Giannis because I'm confused. Like, his team's up by nine. He's about to complete a three-point play and gets so close to tying a career high. I thought 60 was in reach, and then he just stopped attacking offensively. Mm. That's Lindsay? I'm going with Caitlin Clark's 44. She continued to pass the teammates. She only had six assists, could have had ten. What an unselfish player. She just kept the ball and kept scoring herself. Could have. She played all 40 minutes. That's a big win for Iowa. That looked like a Final Four game. Last night. We'll give the point and game to Theory. 
public service announcement for parents flying with children. If somebody offers to move seats so you can sit next to your child on the plane, you take the offer. No one wants to babysit your kid for maybe four hours across the country. <laughs> so take the seat. No one else's job to watch your child but your own. Thank you. Love that PSA. Krieger versus Rapino for the championship. Last Good games one. each. Who you got, Frank? Go Gotham. Gotham FC. Happy Hour is presented by Crown Royal. Please drink responsibly.